Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better and now feel healthier with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter and designed with new biometric tracking including skin temperature, blood oxygen and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. The all-new Health Monitor dashboard gives you a big picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements and irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout. Save 15%. Hello and welcome to Dirty Water, the compendium podcast of the antidepressant website Beach Group. Today we have a new interviewer, a man with a naked skull, piggish eyes and a sanctimonious voice, but who will, let's be frank here, electrify any interior with his everyman woman appeal, and who towers professionally over me, Derek Riley and Charlie Smith. His guest is Mr Mason Barnes, a little-known surfer from North Carolina, but who has ridden a wave measured at over 100 feet. The mathematics are simple. Mason stands at 6'2", he's 5'5 in a crouch, and from crest to trough, the face of this wave measures 23 units of Mason's crouching height. 23 times 5'5 equals 126.5 feet. Wild. Now, please enjoy Dirty Water with Ben Mundy. Um, awesome. And yeah, it's just sort of, well, it's a start, but I was thinking, so when I saw Matt Yu, it was in Paniche um, yeah. at the CT contest, and I was... um bit like yourself, getting quite a few coffees at that place. Nothing to do with the service staff or anything like that, but there was nothing much to do. And I, I saw you sort of mothing around. I, I was mothing around too, supposedly doing um, some video work there, but I saw you just hanging around for a few days. And I, I thought, who is this guy? Because he's a bit of a striking lad. You stand out in the crowd, I would say, Mason. But like, yeah, what, what were you doing there, mate? What, why were you hanging out? Yeah, so I had been in, um, before that, I had been in Nazareth for two weeks um, up until that time. And yeah, it had been about a week after that big swell we had. And a lot of my friends were in town because of the contest. So I just wanted to, you know, get out of Nazareth, see some people my age and just kind of, yeah, I don't know, stay out past nine o'clock for a little bit of a change. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I went up there and just hung out. It was, it was, it was really nice. So. Uh, you don't sort of meant, you know, when people talk about Nazare, obviously they, it's always focused on the waves and, and we'll yep. get to that 
to that bit. You've, you've caught a couple of waves out there recently that are worth talking about. But um, yeah, it's, cool. a, it's a funny little town, isn't it? To hang out full on. It's, as you say, it's got a different vibe to most places. People don't sort of understand that you've got to, you've got to knuckle down there, don't you? Like just, just surf and pretty much that's all there is to do, right? Exactly. I mean, I, I love it because that's more of my like, cup of tea is, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like staying up late. I just hang and surf and super chill. So, you know, for day to day, it's somewhere I really enjoy to be. But then, um, yeah, there's, you know, there's not much going on. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful old town, um, fishing village. And yeah, the, 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 the new community there is, you know, that's something new that's kind of recently changed because of the surf scene and um it is still changing every time i actually go back to nazareth there's more and more people showing up so it's pretty interesting to see but for the most part it's a pretty quiet place yeah. and uh that is kind of why i like it a lot so and in panache because obviously we'll, you were in the ultimate surfer uh last mm-hmm. year so we'll probably get to that as well but i mean in you know it was yeah possibility that you could have had a ct spot like if you got if you got the wild card yeah that Panisha event rather than just hanging around the event sort of yeah you know was that something that crossed your mind or was that something that you would like if you could choose two pathways was that something <laughs> a sliding doors moment <laughs> that actually didn't even like register in my head in any way shape or form nah. <laughs> i didn't even realize it but now that it makes sense it's like yeah that actually it would have been an event i would have been in because tia was there so yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. In that, would you um, would you swap the path you're on right now for that? If you could, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if you could just be that CT kind of surf star as opposed to your your path you're on now, it does does that appeal? No, I don't think so at all. Um, this has been a path that I've been like working on for a really long time now, and it's finally, you know paying off and I'm starting to see the results that I want to see. And and, then it's, it's, I'm very lucky to be doing what I do because, you know, I have a very open schedule. I get to do what I want to do when I want to do and just kind of be smart and, you know, make my own choices. And and it's, it's a very cool um, dynamic because it's way different than like your CT guys, those guys, you know, they're not in Europe anymore. They're now in Oz getting ready for the next event. And, you know, I'm still in France and um, just surfing and having fun every day, kind of training and waiting for, you know, another major swell to pop up. Yeah, well, I saw Kelly on the last night in Peniche. We, we hung around for a few days and there's some great ways. I saw him get some great barrels, but then we went to a local fish restaurant and he was in there uh-huh. with, his, with his partner and we were there as well. And I was just like, man, he's been doing that for 30 years. Like, that's that's it's a good crazy. old scene in Peniche, you know what I mean? Like he was still yeah. there, just going to local fish restaurant surfing the local ways and i was like takes a fair amount of ability to you know sort of repetition almost where you can just do the same thing over and over it's a it's not no easy task no exactly and kelly's and kelly's another breed he's <laughs> yeah there's there will never be another guy like him in this world it's, good. No. it's unbelievable what he's done and you talk about how you've sort of been working hard to get where you are but it seems for me as i said i hadn't met you before and i'd sort of been following a little bit about you sort of underground mm-hmm. in many ways but then you've, you've you've kind of blown up in some respects over the last sort of three months and i suppose that's because of those from outwardly those two waves that you, you sort of rode and it got a bit of bit of publicity we'll talk about that first one in in nazareth and just mm-hmm. um i mean it just that wave just looks amazing isn't it i mean how important is seeing 
that angle from the water and the I think the footage of was it Laurent Pujols that's just yeah. blows you apart. You know, I mean, it was a massive, massive wave. But how how great is to see it from the side angle? Yeah, I think it's a really unique angle because um, it's the most true angle you could see of a wave. A lot of these angles in Nazare are way from above, from you know, super far away, and you can't actually tell how big the waves are. They look like they're two hundred feet, but people are always discrediting it like oh the angle it doesn't look like you know it could be big but it might not be at the same time and the cool thing about this angle is it's you know it's right there you, you see the bottom of the wave and you see the top and the spray coming off and it's just such an unreal shot and Laurent was in such a perfect spot to kind of capture the whole dynamic of what was going on and it, it was just I think a lot of like stars aligned to make that one clip happen and I'm so thankful Full Laurent was there because I still haven't even seen the land angle of my wave um, because it was late in the afternoon and the sun in Nazare late in the afternoon is super, super harsh. So, yeah, if he wasn't there, then I don't even know if I have a clip of that wave. And um, yeah, it's just all the stars aligned. You know, there was no waves in the foreground. And yeah, those guys where they are sitting to get that shot is so gnarly. Like people don't understand it's. I kicked out pretty much right next to them. And I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here like as quick as possible. And they're just sitting there chilling, you know, waiting for someone to get another wave. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. He's a freak, isn't he? Like, I'm, I think we went down, I was lucky enough to be down Nazare when like Shane Dorian and the crew first paddled it. Like, well, what, not first paddled it, but it was one of the first times yeah. it was exposed. And yeah, Lauren mm -hmm. was there then. And some of the photo, he swam some of it and then he was on the ski for others. So He's just got so much skill in getting in that spot. But I suppose that's the question. Yeah. A big wave surfer catches a wave and it doesn't get filmed. Does it really exist? Because exactly. that, that been... <laughs> <laughs> Because I was thinking that about your other one, that your wave, if anyone's seen the, the outer reef wave that you, yeah. you nabbed. And that was just yep. shot, which is also sort of took your breath away when you first saw it. Because again, it's that perfect angle, but that was just an iPhone shot, wasn't it? Like, Yeah, yeah. So that is another like you know a super lucky scenario for me um the jet ski safety i had hired for that day colin he um he's a lifeguard in hawaii and he was just sitting in the channel i had just gotten in the lineup and he saw that wave coming and luckily like just whipped his phone out and filmed it somehow perfectly and if he didn't film that clip with that iphone i only would have a drone clip of that wave and you can't tell like how big waves are with drones so i got super lucky and you know, usually I would have, you know, gotten someone out there on a ski and, you know, put a little more effort into having someone filming, but I didn't think much about that day. I was like, oh, it's going to be another like 12 foot outer reef, you know, super fun waves, but nothing really anyone's going to care to watch. So sure enough though, that wave came in like immediately. I had already been in the lineup for like five minutes and that wave wow. popped up. <laughs> it was so steep. Like when you see you're paddling, it just looks like, um, it looks like, it's a, you know, you sort of can't believe your eyes. It sort of starts off like a normal looking wave, and all of a sudden, then you appear and you look tiny. It's like a giant choke yeah. or something from what? Did you yeah. know the scale of it when you when you started paddling? When it came it? in, it looked crazy. Like it looked even bigger than it looks in video. It was one of those waves. I was like, I almost like you know, I was thinking I wasn't. I was thinking about not going. I was thinking about going. I was like, this thing looks very terrifying, and it was super stretched out and had a super big double up in it so it looked it like 
it looked like it was going to do what it did. And uh, that's an intimidating thing. It's like pulling into a big barrel. That's probably the scariest thing, at least in my opinion, in surfing. And um, luckily, I had been surfing that way for years now, and I knew exactly where to sit. There's a boil that I line up with. And I was right there on that little knuckle, and it was the perfect spot to just kind of let me in because um, I was kind of on a small board too. So, you know, it was the stars aligned for that wave as well. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, stars aligning is one thing, but taking off and packing these massive waves is, is another. And so yeah, you, you make your own, you make your own luck in this world. But how's it sort of been since those, those waves? Have you noticed a, uh, just a bit of, more interest in, in your profile as, as, as things change or has it just been a sort of steady progression no for sure things are, are obviously really busy for me right now mainly because that wave in Nazareth. i mean Nazareth is such an interesting place because um there's so many eyes on it people from you know outside the surf industry are so interested in what goes on there because it's such a beautiful like surreal place and um yeah, no, I've been nonstop busy for a month now since that wave and just interviews and um, a handful of podcasts and, you know, everywhere I go, people are asking me about the wave and it's just really cool and um, to see support from, you know, something like that. And, you know, I love this feeling. So <laughs> are you getting sick of telling the same story though? You're starting to, you know, I know with my stories, I'm starting to make stuff up pretty quickly, start to... <laughs> You know, I like start to like add little bits and exaggerate little bits, and then some somehow they get wavered into my story, and then they get stuck. I don't know if that might. Yeah, be no, definitely. Each you? story has a different little twist to it, but um, you know, that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got the footage, mate. Yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go back to the start. I'll get a bit. People might not know so much about you. Um. Mm -hmm let's yeah let's go like you see obviously well not obviously but you grew up in north carolina so um tell us yep. about that mate what what you know what was the scene back home what, we, what did your parents do and do you have brothers and sisters what was your sort of setup when you were yes, younger so at home i was born and raised in uh, wrightsville beach north carolina and um you know that's still like my favorite place in the world it's it's home it's where my mom my dad my sister are and um it's just such a beautiful place such a cool little surf community the waves are man but it's just you know fun day-to-day -day waves and um yeah my dad was a pro skateboarder when i was growing up oh really um yep and then he now owns a company called eastern skateboard supply and it's a skateboard distribution company that sells skateboards you know around the world so i kind of grew up in the skate industry that was you know my life as a kid was following him to trade shows and contests and skate shops and you know yeah, my whole life as a kid revolved around skateboarding. And you which were was pretty you unique. You skated yourself, did you? you were, you? were you into it? Yeah, I loved skating. I skated way before I surfed, you know. I started skating, you know, my dad had me on a skateboard as early as possible and I fell in love with it. And I didn't start heavily surfing until maybe like 15 or 14 when I like started surfing more than skateboarding. And yeah, it kind of just took over. I enjoyed surfing more and, you know, it seemed like more up my alley. And then from then on out, you know, I started competing and just, it just kind of slowly took over and the skateboarding kind of went this way and surfing went this way. And I still love skating. Like it's, it's still a huge part of my life, but, um, and, your yeah. old man and my mom was, yeah, my Sorry. mom worked, um, at the company with my dad for years. 
So like pretty much everything revolved around this company when I was growing up and um, yeah, it's still going strong. It's called Eastern Skateboard Supply and um, I'll probably be there one day doing what my dad's doing now. So <laughs> until then, yeah. And was there any sort of, not pressure, but was there, um, you know, to join the, often with those, you know, when your old man's got a business, there's a bit of pressure to join the company. Was there ever, was there ever that sort of, or expectation that you would sort of just join the family business and and pull your weight yeah yeah no he definitely wants me to be more affiliated with the business than i am now when and i also do as well um but he's like so supportive of what i do and understands that you know i have goals as a human you know individually that i want to achieve and then that will come after and you know obviously you know that company is a part of my family, a part of my life. And I want to be a huge part of it as well. And I'm just kind of waiting for the right time, the right place to like give it my all and, you know, put as much time and effort as it needs, you know, when it needs it. So. Yeah. All right. There's a job there waiting. I just, yeah. Stop yeah. catching hundred foot waves. Mate. Your, old, your old man will be thinking, geez, if he stops catching hundred foot waves, he'll be back in the office quicker. This yeah, he, well, he doesn't, he obviously supports what I do and loves watching, you know, me succeed and do what I love, but it scares him and he doesn't enjoy watching me do dangerous things like that. He would probably prefer me just home, family time, family business and living that life. But, you know, that life isn't what's going to make me happy right now. And that's not what I want to do. And he, he's totally understanding of that. So cool. And is that how you got, you sort of, spent a lot of time in Hawaii when you were sort of growing up was that did your folks go out there for holidays or how did you end up sort of hanging out in Hawaii so much yes so he actually you know he's obviously loves surfing as well he has my whole life and he got this house on the north shore of Oahu when I was probably 12 or 13 um I don't remember exactly how old I was but even before that we had been going out there every single year and, um, you know, that's kind of my second home. He's got so many close friends there and I've had friends there since then, you know, since I was 10 years old, you know, some of my longest friends that live there and that's, you know, that house has really helped change my life and put me where I am because I'm, I'm able to go there every year and surf in those waves without having to worry about, you know, a place to stay, and, um, which makes a huge difference, especially over there on the North Shore of Oahu. And, um, yeah and who do you sort of when you were sort of teenagers kids going to the your, your family home or the holiday house whatever you call it who was what sort of mates did you make around your age then was there a local crew that you made friends with then like yeah that? a lot of like for for many years a lot of my friends from east coast would come out and stay with me mm -hmm. um i'd say one of the first people i met when i was you know super young was co rothman and he's you know one of my best friends today i met him when we were we must have been like 10 or 11 we were super okay. young <laughs> um our dads are friends and um yeah we met at a barbecue and then the rest is history now he's one of my best mates and we kind of travel the world together so well mate where's your where's your vlog mason i mean you gotta have a vlog mate you gotta have a vlog surely he, he that's his thing he's got the vlog thing taken care of you know more than i could ever imagine he's done so well with this is limit it's pretty cool to see like what he's created um you know people actually almost ask me more about this is living than anything that i've done like i guess somewhere people are like oh this is living people love it it's pretty cool <laughs> to see like what he's created and like the support he has around the world is unbelievable.
<laughs> yeah, he's done so well. It's incredible. It's so watchable, isn't it? Yeah. We just obviously just a, you just want to hang out with him, and the closest you can get, unlike unlike yourself, is watching him. So I, I guess. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And is that where you sort of sort of bit of full circle? Is that where you sort of met Garrett and and Twiggy as well? Because I know they're got they're, they've been pretty influential. Is is that right? Yep. My dad and Garrett were best friends. Um, I'm not even sure exactly how they met, but they've been best friends for a really long time. And Garrett was, you know, the one who introduced me to big wave surfing. Me and my dad, actually. Um, he, there's a day we went to this outer reef near Garrett's house and he towed me and my dad in some waves. It wasn't anything massive, but at the time I was like, whoa, this is the craziest thing ever. <laughs> and um, that was like my introduction to surfing big waves. That's like the, literally the day I fell in love with it. I'll never forget it. So, you know, I owe Garrett kind of all of that for showing me. And it's pretty cool. Garrett's such a giving person. He just wants to share the love of the sport, that adrenaline rush and like, you know, that feeling that he gets with everyone else. And you know, I've seen him do that with many people. And he did that with me and my dad that day. And it, it changed my life. So. And then it's kind of weird to think all those years later to be back at Nazareth, where you're sort of carrying on that tradition that he, that, that he started. Like it's, I mean, the surfing world is relatively small, isn't it? But it's still a yeah. pretty, pretty cool loop. Yeah. yeah, it is surreal. You know, in, in October 2020, there was like a very big swell in Nazareth. And um, luckily, I was already in Europe and I flew down because Garrett was there and he has everything so dialed there. And luckily, he took me under his wing and was like, I didn't have to worry about equipment, safety or anything, like, which is one of the, you know, biggest factors there. And, um, because of that, he got me, you know, at the time, the craziest wave of my life, that swell. And um, that wave, I think, actually changed my career. Um, that was my first, like, big push in the big wave world. And it really, you know, made an impact uh, around my name because it was a, um, you know, it was a pretty unreal wave. And, you know, still, I'm, I'm still thinking that wave might even be bigger than this left. And <laughs> there's no telling. There's no way to ever tell because it's not a water angle but I just know what it felt like. And yeah, um, yeah. it that was, was a right. very scary that? ride. Yeah. 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 That yeah. looked bumpy as well. Super bumpy, like going way too fast. And yeah, it was, I'm lucky I didn't fall. So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You just, it's so hard to tell the waves. It's weird science. Isn't yeah. It? But, um, yeah. Yeah. I just say, if you had that water footage of that right hander, you might, <laughs> you might be saying yeah. something different <laughs> yeah exactly i suppose that way did that that probably helped you with your bit getting into that, that the ultimate surf as well was that i mean how did that come so that about? actually happened after i'd already been casted for the ultimate right. surfer and i want to say i'd already filmed we'd already right, filmed the ultimate surfer but then that happened in between filming and uh, releasing the show which was really cool so and about, it's just been announced it's been cancelled that show isn't it, unfortunately but yeah how do you look back at it now i mean there's all sorts of you know people have their views on it but what's what's your take on it now that you know that it's sort of was a one-off almost what, yeah no i mean i in my opinion it was an amazing experience um i had nothing to lose doing something along those lines because at the end of the day it wasn't you know it wasn't one of those ridiculous reality TV shows that people put on TV. Like it wasn't, they had to make it a little bit out there just because, you know, television purposes, 
but it, you know, they let me be who I wanted to be the entire time. And I got to surf a perfect wave pool every day for a month. So yeah, it, I mean, it was from people that are just watching the show, they might be like, Oh, well, that's so lame. But it, in my experience, it was amazing. The crew that I worked with were amazing. There's people I still talk to, and, you know, I got to hang with some of my best friends for a month, at the surf ranch got paid to be there. Like it was, um, you know, it was an unreal experience. So I would a hundred percent do it again if they asked me. <laughs> wow. You have to get another one. What, um, and how'd your surfing improve? Surfing that wave just endlessly for a month. That must affect your surfing somehow. Did it improve or? Yeah, it... kind of. It was like very nerve wracking experience from a surf, surfing standpoint because we didn't get to actually have much practice. We'd have like one wave of practice. And then when it was time to compete, you would have your one wave. And if you fall, then like that's your score. So I didn't honestly get to surf like exactly how I wanted to surf the entire show just because the nerves were like nothing I'd ever felt in my life. Like surfing in that pool is already nerve wracking, you know, when just on a fun day because you don't want to mess the wave up. You see this thing coming, you just don't want to fall. But then with a jersey on and all that pressure and, you know, if you fall, you're probably losing. It's just like so much going on and um i didn't really get to open up and like surf exactly i wanted to surf but it definitely um you know i definitely learned a lot from a competitive standpoint because now like if i do do another contest it's probably not going to feel nearly as nerve-wracking as that because it'll be in the ocean and i'll have multiple waves to try and not you know have to worry about falling so and it must have been good for the old instagram following surely mate yeah the most the most important metric you must yeah no i mean that's that's a key nowadays we you know for a while uh, i say as an athlete it wasn't like that important it's like okay you're good at a sport you don't need to do this internet social media thing but it's kind of part of the business now and it's obviously a perk if you have a lot of followers and yeah it definitely helped there so yeah well you got your rig out too mate so that was you know that's (laughs) (laughs) that always helps yeah anyway um and now mate we're gonna sort of start to wrap it up but what what's on now you've just done sort of you've been in europe a long time and um yeah you scored some ways in france did you and what's what's on for the rest of the year what's 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 mason Barnes is what's the big plan that is a good question um i'm still in high score the way has been so fun here for the past week um i'm going to portugal tomorrow actually to shoot with ruka for a week in algarve which i'm super excited about and then i don't know if i'm supposed to say that or not (laughs) and then i have to go to paris for a couple days um for a shoot and then gonna probably come back here um and these shoots are they what are they sort of other brands or modeling shoots or what you got a sideline what's your what's your side sort of like yeah come on mate you just don't get yeah i mean i do what's going on yeah, no, it's I can't say what it is yet, but it's definitely one of the biggest opportunities I've ever had. So yeah. I'm super excited for you know that to come out and be able to tell what it is because um, yeah, you know a big goal of mine has always been to bridge the gap of the surfing world and that kind of outside world and work with companies outside the surf industry. And um, you know, Europe's obviously a really good place for that because you know most of these companies come from over here, and you know I've been trying to capitalize on being over here and. Um, you know doing these jobs because i've kind of just been sitting here you know the job is done in nazare and now i'm in france just kind of hanging so i'm just trying to stay busy while i can yeah well it sounds good mate well yeah hopefully yeah. when uh when the 
when it comes out, you can tell us. We'll check back in and see what the big gig thank was. You. Kind of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, mate. Well, I appreciate your time. And um, you know what? You're sort of on a roll. So long, mate. Continue. I know you've worked hard to get there. It's not a, it's thank not you. a sudden thing. But um, yeah, mate. Thanks. Thanks again. And uh, let's see what, what, what happens next. I can't wait. Yeah. I appreciate you reaching out and doing this. It's, it was cool. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you for the support. <laughs> Anytime. All right, yeah. mate. Cool. All right. That's a wrap. So I'll perfect. Too easy, brother. Yeah. If you need anything else. um. Yeah. Just, no worries. I think yeah, they just package up, send it straight on. So I'll, I'll let you know what, yeah, how it's coming out and when it's coming out and where it's coming out and all that sort of stuff. But it should be pretty straightforward. Perfect. Um, perfect. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. I'm down in, um, yeah, we're going to Lisbon on Monday. There's like a QS down there, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we might come up for a little bit. I'll be in Algarve, so I'm not sure how far that is. But, yeah, it's a couple of hours, um, mate. That um, yeah. we're at Caparica, which is on that first week on the south side of Lisbon. But yeah, yeah, yeah. along that stretch, there's some of the coolest um, little bars, like like Caparica itself. Oh, right. is a bit of a shitty little, not shitty, but like a surf sort of town. A bit rough and ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mile down the beach. Yeah. wicked like all run by the Frenchies like sort of like Ibiza style fucking bars and stuff no way fucking cool as sick yeah. but anyway sick sick luck sick. with QS mate well yeah if, if, if I'm there let's link up get me up for sure yeah bye mate 100%. have a good one thanks for your time Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.